All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and as always, I'm super excited to roll into this next hour with you all, but specifically for this chat, we've got two brilliant minds ready to just take you all on a wild mind opening ride. I'm so excited uh, to pass the mic to them in just a few moments. Um, I will introduce our guest speakers, but I just wanna go over some housekeeping rules so that everyone feels comfortable and confident. Um, you know, there are crazy things happening in the world. So I know you could be doing anything else with your time. So I really, really wanna start off by saying thank you for sharing time with us for this next hour. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise, but um, I can't stress enough. I would love to hear from you. So feel free to turn your cameras on. We believe in visibility. Come off mute whenever you want to share something. It could be a dream you just had last night. It could be some tips and tricks you found that worked for you. Um, if you see your question come on the screen, feel free to add your two cents. Um, if it, you don't see your question on the screen and you want to add, feel free to use the chat box. Um, if you want to be kept anonymous, uh, if you have any sensitive information, you can find me in the chat box under Mariella. Write to me anonymously and I'll flag that to our guest speakers. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that this is being recorded. So if you do hop off of mute, you will be featured in our video. Um, and you can rewatch on Power to Fly. I say this on all the chats. I know that we live in a world where multitasking uh, is the thing that we do these days, but I just, I invite everyone to be present in this next hour. And then you can rewatch this video on Power to Fly and you can take notes vigorously there. Um, the last thing I'll say is make sure you follow us on socials uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats we've got coming up. Uh, and without further ado, I'm gonna pass the mic here. I think I skipped one slide because I was so excited. Um, I'm gonna pass the mic here to Liang. Liang has already done a couple chats with us. Um, so I know that some of you all might already know her. You've been introduced to her. Liang, tell us a little bit about yourself for those of you who haven't met, for those of us who haven't met you. Um, let us know how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. And then I'm going to pass the mic to Cindy after you. Yeah, thank you, Mariella. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, welcoming me back to Power to Fly. I love you guys and um, love being able to share stories and, and really um, be able to help out the community any way I can. Um, in terms of like my backstory, um, and this is like part of the, the conversation that Cindy and I were having. So I have been working professionally as an HR um, practitioner, executive and leader for over 15 years. I decided to quit my job back in November in order to start my own business. And I launched Polora Stack, which is the name of my company in late May in the middle of COVID. And um, the way that I describe Polora Stack is uh, we partner with companies in order to customize and design learning content. And that learning content is in the form of online classes combined with toolkits and also small group coaching in order to upskill and transform that next generation of HR leaders. So I'm really excited to be able to take my experience, package that and pass on that knowledge to, um, to that next generation and, and being able to do it on my own. Um, because the topic is on, um, you know, being a woman of color, I think it's important to acknowledge I am an Asian American woman. Um, as you can see, um, my family and I came here to the US uh, when I was one from Cambodia. Cambodia. So we actually came to the country as uh, refugees from Cambodia. And I have been um, a native New Yorker ever since. So I um, grew up in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn way before it was cool and have seen the, tra the transition and evolution of um, all the different neighborhoods that, um, you know, was part of my original hometown. So thank you so much for, uh, for having us here. And I'm excited to, um, to, to talk to you about this topic. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that and your beautiful journey. I know we're going to learn more about you in this next hour. I'm going to pass the mic to Cindy now. Cindy, uh, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly, and what you're excited to share with us today. Yes, and again, thank you. I am so grateful for this opportunity to have not just a mic, but a platform to share with Liang. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I'll speak a little bit about myself, and I'll speak more about myself and Liang in terms of our relationship which is really poignant for this topic. Um, I'm a marketing leader. I've been doing marketing for consumer brands and for B2B businesses for about three decades. I started out in packaged goods, moved up the ranks in terms of getting into the stripes of being a manager and a director, then took a leap right before the Great Recession, <laughs> which I didn't know was the Great Recession, to do my own consulting. And that has been a journey in itself about fulfillment, having more balance, um, finding out more about my key strengths and what I want to focus on, but it's also been about, well, what do I want to make, make next happen in my career and in my life? I want to marry now a lot more of what I do professionally in terms of, you know, being a marketer to what I actually 
and poignantly more focused on as being a woman of color prior to Black Lives Matter, but even more so now, how I as a, a woman of color can help define our voice. So marrying those two has been a journey itself as well. And I'm um, looking at beyond entrepreneurship, going back into corporate and taking that to the next level. So my journey has been great. I am also a native New Yorker from the Bronx, the Boogie Down, living in Money Burn in Manhattan right now, uh, looking for escape virtually and physically. <laughs> but in, in the process of doing that, I've been networking as well as mentoring and teaching, which you'll see in my bio on the screen. And part of that has involved me connecting with Liang and it wasn't even deliberate. So if you don't mind moving, I think into the next screen. And we'll be able to speak offline as well, directly either through LinkedIn or with email and self, we can share that afterwards. But what I wanted to share as a highlight is that Liang and I worked together. Um, it seems like many moons ago, another lifetime, but it was only like maybe six or seven years ago, if that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was consulting and she was HR at this organization that really produces and manufactures Javiana's flip-flops. And we didn't even like, gel because I wasn't there as long as I would have been to gel with somebody. I was there for like, you know, two seasons, enough for the Javianas brand to be sold very well. But it's really funny that, you know, Liang, please jump in with your own like lens on this. But I was actually looking at a colleague I worked at, <clears throat> worked with, sorry, at L'Oreal and she's a good friend and her name is Cece. So she's on social media and I see Liang's name pop up in the thread. And I was like, I know that person, oh my gosh. I reached out to her, I was like, hey girl, what are you doing? She's like, I just want the business. This is what's going on. I said, wonderful, let me talk. You know what, and as we were talking, we realized that we had some similar journeys. We're both women of color. She um, obviously is from the, you know, BK strong and I'm BD, you know, boogie down. But on top of that, we've had journeys that are really relevant in terms of lessons learned, we thought, for others. And we're still learning, obviously. The journey is never over, the marathon continues. But what we thought was, wouldn't it be nice to share our stories as a lesson, but also anecdote it with some things that I've been doing on my own in terms of really trying to push um, another agenda, which is a business that I might or might not pursue in the long run. But it's really about how do we as women of color get our just due, whether it be in business or in life. But there is a lot that could be said about what we've done as professionals in our careers to help women of color, being women of color ourselves, me being African-American, being Asian American. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to roll into this next hour. So I'm just gonna be as quiet and as open as I can so that we can all follow suit there. And I know that we've got folks from all over calling. I'm just gonna give some shout outs. So you all are representing New York. I'm calling, I'm originally from California but I live in Patagonia right now which is why I look like I'm about to go hike up a mountain. <laughs> Um, we've got some folks calling from, let's see, we got Colorado, Brooklyn, Tampa, Boston, Massachusetts, California, um, Chicago. Great. So I see that some of you have, have not written where you're calling from in the chat box. Go ahead and do that so that we can give you a shout out. We can see where we are in the world. Um, and then, okay, great. I'm going to pass the mic back to you all and just let me know how to continue on with the, with the introduction slides here. Love pass the mic. That is such a wrap thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got your Beyonce yeah, fan in front of you. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you put that reality check out there. Let me disclaim. It is, I'm going to use vernacular and, you know, hopefully this is a, a safe space. First of all, this is a safe space. Not even like yes. I need to ask, I'm going to claim it. It's a safe space. So be you. I'm going to be me. It's Africa. I'm about to hot in my house because I'm in a pre-war building and they think it's winter time. So I've got the heat coming up. So I've got a fan. It's not a, it's not a wind machine. It's just, I'm a little hot. I'm just saying, I'm praising you. You look great. Both of you. Thank you. Well, I, I have uh, nothing to, to add to what um, Cindy just shared. I mean, it was, it really did just start with a conversation and yeah. we were sharing our experiences because I transitioned from the corporate setting into the entrepreneur world. And then Cindy is making a transition from being an entrepreneur for the last three decades and then transitioning, um, you know, back into the corporate world. And then as we were talking, we just realized, you know what, I think 
you know, we should, we should share this with other people. Like, let's get a mic, you know, into this conversation and then be able to, to talk about this, um, you know, because there's a lot of relevance um, and it's particularly right now in terms of our own unique experiences as women of color, um, whether it's in the entrepreneurial space or in the corporate space that, um, you know, could be really insightful to share with other people as, um, you know, everyone's trying to navigate their own personal spaces. Yep. So with that, we wanted to share some really, um, you know, key stats with you, um, you know, just in terms of like getting down to the facts and the reality of what we're looking at, um, you know, 42% of all 2019 U.S. businesses are women owned. That is a remarkable number that is something that cannot be ignored, right? There are more and more women that are going out there and starting their own businesses for different reasons, whether it's because they're not getting what they want out of the corporate world, or, um, you know, they have something to offer and, and be of service in different ways that someone else isn't, isn't doing it right now, which is fantastic. Yeah. So um, Mariella, you could jump to the next slide. And 49% of Black women feel that their race or ethnicity, I'll just read it out loud since it's right on the slide, race or ethnicity will make it harder for them to get a raise, promotion, or chance to get ahead compared to just, and I can't see this number, oh, 3% of white women and 11% of women overall. And that's from the Lean In Report. And the reason why we are pulling out and teasing these, as Liang is already saying, is that data, as we all know in our careers, speaks volumes. Like, what did you hear? If you're all from New York, I'm not sure, but in New York, I would say Reverend Cuomo was predicting what was gonna happen and being very transparent by giving the numbers, not just giving the anecdotes and the verbatims of what he thought should happen. He was like, this is the stat, this is the infection rate. So look at this. This is some numbers that will make you realize as women of color, we really are fueling the economy, but there's a reason why we are fueling the economy through entrepreneurship, which is what we're talking about in terms of women owned businesses, which women of color, mainly black women, are 50% of that number. It's really because we're in a career challenge or shift that makes us want to look mm -hmm. into entrepreneurship. If you don't mind looking at the next slide. And you can say this, Liang. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, a, a very discouraging to see. So um, as of, you know, 2020, right, this is based on a McKinsey and Lean In uh, research, only 3% of all C-suite positions are held by a woman of color. Um, so there's still a tremendous amount of work to be done um, in that space. You know, we, we haven't even hit the low double digits at this point, which is crazy. It's just, I don't, I don't even know what to say when I look at this number. Yeah, I was I gonna no say words. intuitively, why do you think these numbers are, are are showing this? What, what, I mean, I know that it's like kind of baffling to see, but intuitively, what's the reaction? Well, I think it, it connects back to that previous stat that Cindy just shared, uh, which is, you know, part of it's a pipeline issue. Like if you're not moving enough women of color throughout that pipeline, then you're never going to significantly impact this, this figure, right? Um, because it all starts with an existing pool that you're tapping into and identifying people or identifying talent to fill those C-level positions. Right, that's right. And that's huge. And you know, when Liang and I were talking about this, what I was seeing as we were just talking about our own journeys and where we're going, me going from corporate to entrepreneurship to corporate again, and she going from corporate to entrepreneurship is, you know, the fact that she's an HR professional who's got a, obviously like a very intuitive, if not, professional background steeped in knowledge behind the reasons why the motivations and the data, as well as I from marketing lens, having the data and the experience of what's happening for us as women of color, especially as people of color first, but then as women of color, and then as women who are looking to manage their own business, if not manage their careers for success and thrive, which is the highlight I wanted to share on that you know slide, not the slide, but the headline for this conversation, is that we have a lot more control than we see in the numbers. And that's kind of her, how we want to paint our journeys um, about how we can actually create success for ourselves. It doesn't have to be demonstrated based on the cookie cutter of professional careers that might be given towards you or given or presented for you. There are other opportunities. And I think there's a wonderful way that we can paint that for you guys today. But the pipeline issue and leadership, I mean, listen, 
you see it every day in politics, you see it every day in your, in your offices. We're gonna get to some questions you guys actually have about that. But my last thought, and if you don't mind going to the next slide, is that we are invisible, we are resilient, we are resourceful, and we are the future. And why? And you know, excuse me, I'm gonna read from my handheld for a minute. We're the invisible because underemployment for people of color is double that of unemployment rates. Let me read that again. Underemployment and unemployment are high amongst people of color. Underemployment means that you're not necessarily getting market value. You're either you know, furloughed or not working as full-time as you need to be to make ends meet. So therefore you're underemployed. And then you're unemployed, obviously, when you don't have a job. And that's the invisible part. We don't always hear those figures, but they're out there. We're the resilient though. The positive is that women of color, we hit career walls, we hit career bumps, and we create our own income with sidepreneurship or entrepreneurship or side hustles, I should say. We do the thing, we do the damn thing. We make things happen. And we're resourceful because we create dollars out of dimes with us only making an average of 24,000 per year versus 143,000 average per year for women-owned businesses. And this is speaking to how we actually fuel a lot with a little as entrepreneurs and women of color. And then we are the future. We can fuel the economy because 4 million new jobs and $981 billion in revenue would be added if the average revenue of minority women owned firms match that of women white owned businesses. As women-owned firms or entrepreneurs or cyberpreneurs, we're not funded as well. Um, we represent maybe less than a percentage point of venture capital funded businesses, whereas women overall are maybe like 2%. So overall, there's an issue. And then in terms of funding, there's an issue. But there's an opportunity because we make a lot out of a little. So with that, you guys can go to the next slide. We wanted to address a couple of your questions. Yes, so I'm gonna take the mic for a minute just to say that you all have submitted some great questions offline. We're gonna walk through these questions one by one, um, starting with this question here. So if you see your question come up on the screen, feel free to unmute yourselves um, so that our guest speakers can dive in deeper according to your wishes. Um, if this is not your question and it, you know you, you wanna share something, a revelation, or I love that image of the woman in the water just because you know we have only scratched the surface on this topic and we've only scratched the surface as far as you know inclusion, but like, real inclusion, you know, hearty, wholehearted inclusion is concerned. Uh, and I often speak with Liang about my social media resistance. And I think as I hear you all speak, one of the things that frustrates me specifically about social media is that, you know, the numbers that you all presented, and then you see a lot of talk uh, that, that is like, you know, trendy talk. And then, but there's no bridge. There's no, um, there, how do we integrate the, the call, the need, with the call to action. Um, and so I led some chats um, around Juneteenth and a little after Juneteenth speaking about, okay, black is trending, now what? Don't just let it be a trend. And I mm -hmm. open this for all BIPOC conversations. You know, don't let it be a trend. Don't try to get the token to like look like you're winning. You know, don't try to sell that we are on this mission to diversify or to, you know, whatever. We want to see it done and we want to be included. And so I love that you all are, are, are amplifying our voices uh, by showing these numbers and then by also, you know, approaching these questions that you all have submitted offline. So let's take this first question. Um, um, I'm going to pass the mic back to both of you. Both of you can answer or you can, you know, you, you all know what you're doing. So um, Cindy or Liang, <laughs> go for it after your question here. So what's one yeah. thing you wish you had learned earlier in your career? Liang, I'll let you go first. Uh, sure. I, I think, um, you know, the, the one thing that I really struggled when I was earlier in my career and feedback that I would often get is that I didn't have executive presence. And we all know that that word presence, that executive presence is riddled with bias, right? Um, because there is some kind of image or profile that people have when they think of the term executive presence. And um, I, I struggled with that for a really long time. And I, I try to play into what that mold looks like. Um, and I, I did it, you know, for much longer than I, I probably, you know, felt comfortable or, or should have. And what I would say to the younger version of myself is that um, you should define what your voice and your brand is before someone else does that for you. So I wish that I was ahead of it and, 
you know, defined for myself and really amplified whatever that message is, right? Um, and really being true to who I am. And so, um, so then that way I wouldn't have to fit into an existing mold and then feel like I'm falling short or having to defend myself when I didn't really, that whatever that thing is, um, didn't really resonate with me. And so today, what I am really embracing um, as part of who I am, as part of my brand is that I am a vibrant person. I am enjoyable to be around. I am youthful. I am fun, right? And that's part of what you're going to get when you do business with me. And I'm really proud of that. Um, and if that doesn't, if that doesn't mean executive presence to you, then we don't need to do business together, right? I can, you know, happily, you know, work with somebody else and I'm perfectly okay with that. So that's what I wish I learned, um, you know, within like the first like few years of, of my professional career. Beautiful. Cindy, what about you? That was a word. I love that. When Liang and I were kind of talking about this last night, I was co-signing on her point and I'm not going to repeat the same answer, but that's been an evolution for us or for me as well. Um, I am also enthusiastically inclusive, um, approachable, uh, positive, and to the point that Liang made, I've also had that be a part of my brand. And I, by the way, I don't have it on my professional profile yet, but <clears throat> I love the color yellow. It is all about sunshine and happiness and positivity. And, you know, there's all these things that you think about when you start out in your career. And I started out decades ago when I was always impressionable by a certain generation of work hard, do the job, do the job well, but don't claim anything for yourself. Don't praise yourself, just really work hard and you shall be rewarded. And there's a lot to be said about speaking your mind and being yourself and being confident in that. And confidence comes with experience. Success is kind of like the, the, the feeding. And I don't know what the anecdote I'm looking for, but there's, a, there's something that says about the power of your confidence comes from knowledge. And yeah, with time that can come, but definitely claiming it. So what I would say to myself now, um, to my younger self, what the lesson learned is being proud and being confident, but also, um, recognizing that you can ask for help. That was a big part of my success is help doesn't have to mean that you are weak. Help doesn't mean that you are less than. Um, asking for help, how you ask for it, how do you find people, mentors, sponsors, friends, peer to peers, they're all around you. They're on this call. We're here. We're all here to help each other. When I started out in my career, I was thinking I had to be all by myself, good not bad all by myself, but <laughs> really good all by myself, but I didn't realize it takes a village. I um, grew up being a, you know, with a single parent, my mom, she was out there in the corporate, you know, front lines, raising me by herself, putting on her suit of armor, which was a suit and a dress. And that was her way of commanding respect, but she didn't speak about any of the challenges. I just saw them with hindsight, I saw the stress and I saw what that, you know, how that looked on her. And I didn't learn that you don't have to really just absorb all of that tension and all that stress without asking for help. So knowing that you can ask for help either professionally or socially or personally is not a sign of weakness. That's a big, big lesson, not just professionally, but for life. And surrounding yourself with people who you find positive and can feed into you. That's the biggest lesson. Yes, I love that. So speaking yeah. of using your network and collaborating with like minds, um, for those of you who are joining us live, would love for you to drop in the chat box your preferred way of connecting so that we can put some of these things into practice right now, starting now. We're not going to give you homework for later. Let's start this right now. And I love that, Liang, on your last chat, you were like, you know, try to reach out to at least a couple, you know, after this chat and just extend your network and support and don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I know specifically uh, in the Black community in the U.S., it's like taboo to ask for, for professional help, right? I don't need a therapist. I can the culture. We put yeah. it on ourselves. Yeah. But, but how, how uh, it's just, it's unrealistic. We're dealing with so much as people in the 21st century and doesn't matter your age, race, gender, creed, we could all use a little talking to, you know? So take the yeah. taboo out, Cindy. I love that you're saying ask for help. Um, Leanne, yeah. I'm gonna just uh, flag something here that Joan has written in the chat box of, regarding your response. Um, she said, so true, Liang. I just learned myself uh, over the past three years, brand or be branded. That was a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Love your affirmations, Liang. Amen to sticking with your core values. Great. And then Michelle, uh, to your point, Cindy, Michelle wrote, yes, the value of sponsors and mentors and the difference between the two and how to get both. Do you all want to respond on some of those comments? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, um, Joan, I am so glad that that, you know, resonated with you. And I, I love that statement, brand or be branded. I'm going to, that's something that I'm going to take with me. Um, so I, re I really appreciate that, that feedback and um, you sharing that with us. Yeah. And I was going to say, I'm taking notes, ladies, because <laughs> <laughs> we're sharing and we're sharing some gems, pearls, gems, all of it's great. What um, Mariella had said offline is that turn your mess into a message. And Marielle, if do you want to speak more on that? I'm bringing you into the conversation again for a hot minute. Oh my gosh. I mean, I learned that on the chat yesterday, um, yeah. Gina was speaking about um, how she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was saying one out of eight women are, you know, are, are going to have breast cancer. And so she was uh, encouraging us to um, speak our truths, to live every day to the fullest, to reach out to our networks, to, you know, check ourselves often as often as possible. And right. if you, you know, tragedy comes with life. And so learn how to make your mess, your message. And I was just like, that's beautiful. And I feel like that is a common thread. I mean, we as human, as homo sapiens, we are going to experience tragedy. And I think that the the gem is the nugget, the nugget that we can take out of it is, is how are we going to move through and navigate those waters? Are we going to be resilient? How? I love that, you know, taking what you said, Cindy, of, you know, asking for help and building your community in that way. And Leanne, you saying, you know, be yourself. Don't wait for someone to tell you what you need to be. And I think that these are, you know, movements forward, um, speaking our own truths and making our mess our message. You know, um, Joan, that you said, uh, brand, brand yourself or be branded. I mean, that gives me such a visual uh, yep. image, uh, literally, of how even today people are taken advantage of, you know, and being branded in certain, you know, senses, whether it be physically or mentally, you know, we're being uh, challenged. And so I love these messages that you all are sending uh, to us today. And I'm, I'm I can speak all day about this. So I'll pass it back to you all. <laughs> <laughs> It's a shared mic. And I, the last thing I'll say about this in terms of thanks, Michelle, and shout out to everyone who I might know or may soon to know. Thank you guys for giving us your feedback. You know, the whole point about being not afraid to reach out for help is very true. And I hope you guys reach out after this chat to speak to us because I get the most out of peer to peer mentorship. It is not so much that you need it. There's always a lot of kind of like sometimes anxiety about, well, how can I get a mentor? How do I get a sponsor? I'm not in a job I want to stay in. Do I get a sponsor or I want to be in this job and I don't know anybody in the company. LinkedIn is your friend because there's always, they always say for black people, there's like a minimum six degrees of separation if less, um, use that to your advantage. Women especially are a lot more about connecting. Women and men, anybody you know that you see on LinkedIn or offline that you know in your own circle who's been where you've been or might have some insight, don't be afraid to share yourself and your journey with them and have them do the same. It's a really enriching experience, especially now in COVID. Like we need as much handholding as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you all to chat a little bit about sponsorship and mentorship. Um, Michelle, I'm gonna read what you wrote here in the, in the chat box. Uh, what I've come to learn, a sponsor is someone who is willing to use their professional capital on behalf of you and your growth. A mentor is someone who is willing to share the learnings and be a, be a sounding board for you in your career growth trajectory. Um, I could have used both earlier in my career. So I'd love for you to talk about maybe the differences between the two, which, which is better if someone is starting and they don't really know which one to you know, approach first. Um, what do you all think about mentorship um, and um, sponsorships? I'll give a quick anecdote because Michelle and I know each other from Avon and we met many moons ago. And the short anecdote about that is we just connected because we had like-minded um, vibe about marketing and just life in general and being in the city. And this is something I'll share about being a, a woman of color and being black. This, and this is a safe space. And Michelle, I hope you don't mind because I think you know what I'm about to say. I remember a moment where we were in the hallway and we were about to go outside to talk. I don't know what it was about. And she shared, she was like, well, is that okay? that we're connecting as black women in a, and it's noticed that we're actually visibly leaving the building to talk together. I said, yes, we have to stand firm and be clear and be owning of the fact that, you know, we're going to identify with each other on our cultural interests and our um, background. So that's okay. But the thing I'll say specifically about mentorship and sponsorship, 
I was so thankful and fortunate to have not only a mentor, but a sponsor when I was at Avon. I was at one point in my career struggling, not necessarily connecting well with my boss. And I was actually in a process of, you know, trying to reevaluate if I need to leave Avon to get into another space or going to stay. And the woman who actually took me under her wing was about to go on maternity leave, but she set me up well. She made, you know, a lot of effort to introduce me to leadership, make sure that I was going to take the lead on this project. I got the visibility. They, they saw my worth and I got promoted while she was away on maternity leave and I continued to build business when she came back. So that spoke volumes and that was a black woman by the way. So I was thankful for that moment, but the only reason why I was able to do that was because I had a relationship with her so that I can actually share with her my concerns about my career journey. And she knew what I was thinking about in terms of leaving versus staying. And that's my personal story about how it worked for me. I'm not sure it'll happen for others. I'd love to hear what, you know, Liang as well and as others on this call say about sponsors versus mentorship. But I think the key to it is actually being open um, and knowing who you can speak safely to and being transparent about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Liang, you want to you wanna add on yeah. to that, Liang? Well, I, the, the one thing that I, um, I think it's important to communicate because I find that sometimes this is often like the miss message, right? And I think it jeopardizes opportunities for, for people is that um, sometimes we seek a real formal definition, definition of what a mentor or a um, sponsor looks like, right? Um, like we, we want this like formal contract of like, hey, you're my mentor and I'm going to go to you for advice, you know, and we're going to meet, you know, once a month or once every two. And then if we don't get that, we get disappointed. Right. And we feel like we're not getting mentored. And for me, the the most powerful mentoring relationships that I've had are very informal. Sometimes it's just one conversation where someone is just they take an interest because I'm struggling with something at that moment in time and they choose to, you know, to have a, a conversation with me, give me some advice. And I'm grateful for it, right? And it's just, it's for that one moment. And because of it, I experience growth, right? Through that one mentoring conversation. And so um, my advice is don't, don't try to package it in some way where you're doing a disservice to yourself and you lose out, right? On, you know, these really great moments where someone is actually being your mentor um, in that moment in time. And mentorship can come from anyone. It could be someone who's senior. It could be someone who's more junior. It could be a friend. It could be someone that's at the store that you just happen to be chatting with, right? That's giving you advice. Um, they come in all in all forms. So I would say, um, you know, just really be open, right, to whatever shape that mentoring relationship um, decides to to take form. I love that you're highlighting openness and not because actually, as you're saying this, I'm like. Thinking back, you're actually um, supporting the way that I that it's naturally been flowing for me as far as reaching out to mentors, and I'm like, oh, I sh I should be meet with them once a week for an hour a week, and I'm not doing that. But but I've I value our conversations when we do have our conversations. So thank you for you know highlighting that you make it open, you make it you know right, and obviously be open and authentic with each other. Um, I'm gonna flag something here that Joan has written. Um, thanks, Michelle. Uh, I had to depend on LinkedIn, as Mariella said. Uh, up until very recently, had been in local government, two different countries for 15 years, no sponsorship, not even job shadowing. That was spotty. And I always asked senior management about it. I will leave it at that. I have informal mentors, as Liang said. Um, so one of the things that that rings out to me as both of you all speak about mentorship and sponsorship, I know, and we'll get on to the next questions, but I, I love that, you know, we're getting highlights from everyone here on this topic, um, is it seems like when you are either receiving mentorship or sponsorship from someone, hopefully you're more likely to, to do that in return, like pay it, pay it forward, keep the door open, bring someone else to the table. Cindy, I'm just thinking of your, your specific example. Um, can you speak about the importance of that, of like not just being like, well, I'm in, good luck everyone else and figure it out on your own and the importance of, you know, taking that, paying it forward to some respect? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, okay. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I, I, was well, gonna... I, I just oh. <laughs> now I'm gonna like yes. okay yes um, you ain't go it's all you go ahead <laughs> so I'm gonna share a personal story that happened um this year so I reconnected with an old 
friend of mine. Um, and the way, so we met because um, this was back when I worked at Macy's, I hired her for the executive training program, which is this entry level training program that they had in place. And so she just graduated from college and she and I were just like kindred spirits. We just got along really well. And then I became her mentor. And I even wrote her recommendation letter when she decided to go to grad school. And we lost touch of each other after that. And so when I launched my business this year, she reemerged in my life. And she has created, she's founded and um, is now the CEO of this organization called the Global Connections for Women with over, you know, she's advancing women and girls all around the world. There are three and a half million members of the, this organization. And she reached out to me and she said, Liang, your um, mentorship meant so much to me back then. And it had such a, um, such a deep effect on me. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of it. And I want to be able to be of service to you now. You know, I feel like I'm able to, to help you as you're launching your um, career as an entrepreneur. And one of the ways in which she's done that is invited me to sit on the board of her organization, where now I have access to all these amazing women that are part of her board, right? And I'm also, you know, she's also opening up her network. And so um, to me, you know, like, I just think this is, has been a really wonderful experience because I just did, you know, like we just developed a really great relationship. And so it didn't really, it, it wasn't anything, um, not that it, I, I don't want to minimize it, but it didn't, it didn't take a lot, right. To be able to, to do that. It just, it, you know, I felt like it was important for me to, be, to create an environment that felt safe um, for her and also an environment where she felt like she was learning and growing and she felt supported. And because of that years later, she's now returning to favor. And guess what? She's now become my mentor. So before, you know, I was her mentor and now I'm taking the seat of the mentee and learning from her. And I just think it's a really wonderful story um, and a really uh, amazing experience um, that I don't think a lot of people really get a chance to, to, um, to have that. Cindy, did you want to piggyback on that? No, I think I could weave a lot of it throughout the, the rest of our questions and answers because similar to the first answer I gave in terms of having a didn't realize it at the time how much of a mentor and sponsor she was, but it really pays it forward. I mean, we're still in touch today. I would say that's a big lesson for us as well, is don't let any bridge go either unattended or burned. Always try to nurture your relationships, no matter what kind of career trajectory you have with any of your past jobs, it always benefits you to keep your friends and your colleagues and your bosses close, even those that are not as connected when you were working with them because as time goes on you can be invaluable to them and they can be invaluable to you as insight into who you are and what you were going through or vice versa to the point that Liang is saying also just in the immediate term you never know they can actually place you on a or put you in touch with a board opportunity or some volunteer opportunities to help you expand your um, career and your experience in these times that are really kind of challenging for employment for some people so that's it. Absolutely. Okay, great. Let's move forward to this next question here. Um, and I see some of you are writing me privately. I'm going to flag that in just one second. So, um, okay. So how did you know it was time to leave the comfort of corporate America to go do your own thing and vice versa? And I love this question. So Cindy, why don't we start with you? Ah, oh, I was going to say Liang. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give a quick anecdote because I think Liang has a really poignant one that's um, more recent. So as I mentioned at the top where I was talking a little bit about my background, worked in you know, brand management, marketing, followed the linear path that I thought I had to follow. I was like, I gotta do this to get to X. I made all this debt by going to grad school. I gotta make a lot of money to get out of debt. And that, may, that means to making a lot of money is through a career path that is already set before me in terms of rising up through the ranks in marketing. Um, at some point after 9-11, I was in a space where you know everyone's kind of thinking like, wow, everything that we thought was true is not always true, but we can rise up after this. I took some time to reflect and I started doing a little consulting while I was in between jobs because there was a recession that was happening. I took a package, I consulted, I got back into corporate, I started doing really well, but then I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm getting into the same space I felt when I was looking at this back when this whole city, not this whole world was trying to figure out what just happened. Everything that was promised got just destroyed overnight. The American dream 
is still alive, but what does it look like? So I feel like we're in that same space now, but I actually took a leap to go into um, my own business full throttle back in 2010, because I was like, I've been doing this for a while. I have a lot of experience. I know a lot of people, I can wing it and do it. Now I would say, you know, to anyone who's actually doing that and actually in the process of considering that, do the side hustle, take time. If you can, make sure you've got your first few clients already lined up so that you can actually have some runway and you're not really stuck mm -hmm. with, do I need to dip into my savings? Do I need to dip into my, you know, rainy day, which is actually not a rainy day. It should be a rainy month, but it's actually, you know, being depleted. Make sure you have those things set up before you actually go out on a limb. But I loved it because I got to do projects that I would not have gotten to do if I were staying on that same linear path in, in corporate. Now, full circle, I'm coming back to do both what I've done in entrepreneurship uh, as being a marketing consultant, working for social impact companies and nonprofits, and also for women-owned or women-focused companies and bringing that into corporate life. Awesome. Liang, how about you? Oh, God. Well, um, you know, I, I left corporate America because I felt as though I wouldn't be able to, to make the kind of impact and learn as much as I could. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm just a, a curious person. I have a lot of interests. I have an interest in, in product development. I have an interest in design. I have an interest in um, just business in general. And the challenge with working in a corporate setting is that you tend to be placed in a box and that box is very small and it can be very limiting, right? Um, and I just, you know, I, I don't want to wait around for that. Um, I wanted to be able to explore that now and I want to be able to do it on my own terms. I wanted to, to um, see through, um, you know, whatever it is that I had a vision, right, and, and strive for. And I want to be able to do something that is going to have, um, you know, a real purpose, right? And it's, it's contributing to the larger um, community, right, in a much bigger way. And I felt that I would be able to do that far more quickly and far more effectively if I were to do that on my own. I, I mean, amen. <laughs> I, yes, amen. Praise it, praise it. I, I, I mean, I feel like throughout one thing that I find consistent throughout these chats is that more and more women are curious about career pivoting out of corporate into something different. So any, you know, what, what can people do starting right now if they are like on the fence? Cause it's a big jump to make. And, and I know that we aren't specifically talking about, you know, this for this full hour, but I know that it causes a lot of inner conflict and maybe might even come out with microaggressions in the workplace. So if someone is listening right now and they're interested in leaving corporate because of what you just said, you know, it boxes you and it, and it kind of, you, you, you can't fully express yourself. What is one thing they can do starting now? Well, I, I think it's taking Cindy's advice of, you know, like, how can you dip your toes into it and explore it in a, a low risk way, which is doing some kind of side hustle or taking on a project that allows you to get access to that experience to explore it, make the contacts, right, um, you know, and then see if that's something that you, you know, is worthwhile pursuing in a more full time basis. Um, the other advice, and I, I was given this advice when I started to, to get, you know, the bug in my ear is um, the people that you interact with and the network that you have in a corporate world, the way they think and operate are very different from people in the entrepreneurial world. So if you want to play in this pool, you need to be in this pool. You need to talk to people in the entrepreneurial community, you know, connect with them, um, understand how they work, what are they doing, who are they talking to, you know, what kind of um, uh, you know, events are they going to? Um, what are they reading, right? Like really, really immerse yourself in that in that world because. Um, that's where you're really going to get like the full experience of what it's going to be like on the other side and whether or not it's something that works for you or works against you. I love it. And I have a private question here that I'd like to flag. This was uh, submitted when we were speaking about mentorships and sponsorships, but I feel like you could still, you know, um, kind of tie this into what you were just saying. So how to avoid being the competition when you're asking for advice or help? What should I look for when choosing someone in the in the sense of let's say connecting um, the the corporate with non corporate and also mentorship and sponsorships? Uh, should they be in or out of the field you're seeking? I'll speak on it real quick, and I'll just want to get someone to clarify: avoid being the competition, meaning like you don't want to be a competitor to your peer 
when you're asking for advice? Is that really what the intent was? Do you think that's what they're saying, Mariella? Do you know? I believe that's what they're saying. And feel free to continue to write me privately so we can yeah. clarify that. Yeah. What I'll say in general is, um, yeah, all of our peers, all of our friends, I, I used to really feel challenged because I was like, I'm on LinkedIn almost every day as I'm networking, looking for the next opportunity or trying to grow my own kind of personal thought leadership in my space, I don't feel like I'm able to connect easily in my job or in my, you know, whatever work I'm actually in the process of doing, whether it be consulting and project work or elsewhere, I, I would be on LinkedIn. And that's how I would try to find out, A, being very like strategic about it and almost like you're researching a company, but you're researching the kind of people you want to connect with. They don't have to be at the company you want to work for, but that's a first start. So if you want to work for, I'm making it up. If you want to work for the city of New York, looking for individuals who already work in government would be good as an idea. But then think about who's in your inner circle on LinkedIn or just in your network or people you went to school with and what their career journey looked like, what is similar to what you're looking for, reaching out and talking to them because they don't have to have the same type of experience as you to actually be a mentor or to be of value in terms of their lessons. You know, I have a lot of girlfriends who, and then male friends, just people in general who I admire, who've been doing the thing, going through the ups and downs because the sex success is not a straight trajectory. It's an up and down thing. And I think those are the individuals I love to speak to because they've gone through something and learned something from it. So looking at individuals who've actually weathered the storm of failure or perceived failure to give you some insight into what helped them get through it. And that doesn't mean that somebody has to have the same job as you. It's really valuable to speak out to people or speak and connect to people who've actually been doing this for a while. Um, I also find value being a Gen X and speaking to not only just my peers and my elders, but also younger generations, because this is a new economy and it's consistently and even more evolving and evolutionary right now because everybody who is really reliant on face-to-face -face is now reliant on screen-to-screen. And what does that do to their like revenue stream and their business model is a lot of opportunity, but a lot of kind of reset and unexpected kind of like downfall. People who are like thinking ahead and how they can make this a better opportunity for the upside in 2021, 22 are people you wanna to speak to or just brainstorm with. It doesn't have to be a formal relationship. It could just be a chat, like let's get together over a coffee on the, on the call, like Leanne and I did. We mentored each other. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, well, what are you doing? And that's how it worked out. And I would, you know, consider your friends as well as mentors, but that's Absolutely. mine. Absolutely. And then I just, I got feedback from you. We are correct. We were correct in um, interpreting this question. So um, thank you, Cindy, for, for your response here. Um, okay. I'm going to flag something that Liz has written here in the, in the chat box. So with the corporate question, uh, would you mind sharing if you felt you had the tools, skills to jump out on your own or just the confidence that you would get those tools, skills when you were out on your own? So um, I, I, I didn't have all the skills and tools to jump out and, and get out. I, I just had the desire. Um, and so I just, I, I, I have enough confidence in myself to know that when I really want something, I'm going to do everything in my power to pursue it. And so if that something is gaining knowledge or skills in a specific area, that I'm going to do everything in my power to do it, I, even if it means being uncomfortable. So one of the things that, uh, and Mariella and I chat about this, like, I, I was so scared to do sales and marketing because it's just not, that's not my cup of tea. Like, I just, I, I start like thinking of like, you know, people like, you know, shooting a, you know, like finger at people and like, you know, just like, I, I, you know, I was really, really nervous about that. And, um, I wasn't on social media. I was real, like social media shy, um, never wanted to put myself out there. But one of the things that I learned as an entrepreneur is that networking and building your brand is a lifeline. If you're not doing that well, it is really, really hard to generate business. And so in order for me to be successful, I had to learn, I had to get uncomfortable. I had to learn those things and I'm doing it now. And I've realized, wait, you know what? Um, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And um, and I'm getting a lot of really positive feedback from the people who are seeing some of the stuff that I'm posting out there. And that gives me additional confidence to like keep that going. Um, so you're not going to know everything. Um, there is no way. And when you're running a business, you have to know sales, marketing, product, um, business development, 
legal finance, right? Like you have to know so many things. Um, and unless you've been doing all of those things for the last like 10, 15 years, which my guess is that that's a very rare, you know, um, uh, professional experience for someone to have, you're, you're not going to know everything. So you learn it as you go along. Thank you for that. Oh my goodness. Great. So I just want to say we've got about 10 minutes left and I told you all that time would fly, but this has been such an engaging conversation. Um, and I'm so happy that we are here sharing knowledge. So let's move on to this next question here. Uh, how do you maintain your authenticity when you're a minority in a majority space? And actually, I'm going to combine this with the private question that I got here that I think maybe would go nicely if we, if you all could uh, piggyback this together. Um, let's see. How do you call out inequality in your position without being seen as a complainer? In quotation marks. Yeah. Repeat that last question again, by the way. Yes. So the private question is, how do you call out inequality in your position without being seen as a complainer in quotation marks? Okay. Inequality in your position without being seen as a complainer, like seeing, um, what does that mean? Actually, I'm, I'm not as clear on that. If you have an interpretation, that'd be great. But how do you maintain your authenticity when you're a minority in majority space? I would say similar to what I was talking about, like don't be afraid to seek out those who are like-minded. They don't have to look like you, but people who you feel like, and this is all a vibe thing. This is all qualitative. This is not science like, oh, this person has this, this, and this. Being authentic helps when you actually see that you are not the only one. If you really feel like you're the only one, think about what it is about yourself that makes you who you are, not just the physical, not that you're a woman, not that you're black, not that you're Hispanic, not that you're Asian American, whatever it is. Think about if there are ways that you can go out and meet people. And in this space, you don't go out, you go on the screen and you actually talk to each other. But if there's a way that you can connect and find out more about the team that you're working with or just knowing other people, you can find some common ground. Being in a space where you feel like you have others who have a common ground with you helps you feel confident to be authentic in yourself. That's one thing. That's for me. Um, but two is knowledge. Knowing yourself helps you be authentic and knowing the strengths that you carry. And this might dovetail into the second part of your question. I wasn't as clear, Mariella. So if Liang, you know, definitely uh, shoot a note or shoot um, a point after this point I'm making that knowing yourself and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and embracing them, that is the biggest part of being authentic, no matter where you are. It's like saying like what Leanne was saying in the beginning of this call, I know my brand, be brand or branded as Joan had actually reflected back to us. Mm -hmm. I like that. So if you know your brand and that means you know your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, SWOT analysis yourself, if you will, if you know all that about yourself and you can actually stand tall, what you need to like affirm yourself, like, yes, I'm great at connecting with people, but I don't know how to do like the PL budget, making this up. I'm great at, you know, understanding what motivates people and how to get things done. I'm a resilient person, resourceful, but I don't necessarily know how to collaborate and coalesce a team. Whatever it is, knowing all those things is your strength and being able to embrace them and shift them into an affirmation for who you are. Think about interviewing. Whenever you go in an interview, you're ready for those questions that are gonna make you feel like, well, wait a minute, am I not right? Having that imposter syndrome, am I not really enough? You are enough. Speaking that into your own life in your own way and affirming yourself is a great way to be authentic in the office as well as having friends and peers who have a common bond or uh, ground with you. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Cindy. I do have some clarification on that private question. So, and then I'll pass the mic to you, Liang, for you to respond. So regarding inequality on that question, for example, a coworker with less experience and education is given more opportunity and higher pay than you. So again, the question was, how do you call out inequality in your position without being seen as a complainer? That's a, that's a, that's a real struggle. Um, and I, I haven't, I've done it unsuccessfully where I've been told I got a little bit too passionate about driving my point home. And I've done it in a way where um, I actually got people to listen um, and to, you know, to reevaluate a decision. Um, and so um, the way in which, you know, where I wasn't successful in driving my point, it was like, I, um, and this was 
earlier on in my career, I'm a little bit hot-headed sometimes, like when I get really, you know, like I feel very strongly about a certain topic and I just like explode. Um, and it's just, it's just all, um, you know, it's just all my feelings. Right. Um, and, and I'm not really clear or rational in, you know, my, in explaining my thought process, how I do it now. And what served me really well is number one, getting my facts straight. So I, you know, I bring in information data, right. To start that conversation. Um, I talk about the implications that it's having on me as a professional or the implications it's having on other people or it's implications on the company at large, right? Um, and that's how I start that conversation because those are things that matter to the person that I'm talking to. Like if you're making a decision that's going to have some serious ramifications in a negative way for the company overall, and it's gonna be a PR nightmare, then you're gonna listen. Right. Um, I'm I've already got your ear. And so that's the way in which I, you know, I start to engage that conversation that feels very productive. Um, and sometimes I, I, I um, have a winning argument and sometimes um, we're just able to have a really rich dialogue. It may not necessarily get solved within that moment in time, but at least it's out there. I've made my point and I feel heard. Um, and at least um, I know that it's just the beginning of an ongoing conversation that eventually gets to a point where we could uh, potentially make you know, some serious change or reach a resolution. Great response to that question. Um, let me know privately if, uh, if Liang and Cindy were able to approach that question uh, and if anyone else has any tips as well, because as we know that um, far too many people are in those situations. And so uh, Liang, you know, I, I speak to you before on, I've spoken to you before on our chats that I love talk about, talking about emotional intelligence. And so it seems like this is a great moment to be you know, practicing emotional intelligence to make sure that you, if you are hot-headed or if you are passionate about something, but you do come with your facts, and you put yourself in the other person's shoes and you are self-aware and you know that this conversation is going to open up a whole new uh, well of either knowledge, either dictating maybe you should leave or maybe you should have more conversations. So um, thank you for, for that challenging uh, question and thank you for your responses, everyone. Um, so I we've got about two minutes left. So I'm going to actually hop to the last slide because I know that you all have some great uh, information here to share. Um, we did not get to all of the questions, but no fear. We are going to bring these women back on or we're going to have them write uh, their responses on the website. So uh, I'll, I'll pass uh, the mic back to you all. If you can go over this last slide and then leave us with some food for thought uh, that we can you know, take with us after this talk um, and let us know how we can connect with you offline. Yeah. yeah. So um, these are yeah. some resources that we wanted to just make available in case you wanted to do some more research in this area. Um, I had to like give a shout out to the organization that my friend uh, founded, which is the Global Connections for Women. It's amazing. And it was founded and um, the CEO is a woman of color. Um, so I just want to give her, um, you know, some, some, um, a platform there. And um, in terms of closing, um, Cindy and I were talking because there was a question about like, how do you stay motivated or what's your mantra? And we decided it's a stick with like a song that we listen to. So I actually have a whole playlist that I listen to, to like give me good vibes and keep me going. Um, so on my playlist is um, the song called Who I Am by Latasha. I also listen to um, on that playlist is Champion by Moosh and, and Twist and then God's Plan by Drake. Um, so those are, that's like, you know, my go-to. I just like, you know, put on my headphones. I go for a walk and I listen to music that, um, keeps me going and moving forward. Awesome, and Cindy? Yes, I'll try to put this in two and two seconds. Two things, my mantra is go with your end goal in mind into any situation, whether it be your career, your life, a conversation, whatever it is, always have it in your mind what you're looking to get out of it. Um, because you can always get caught up in the mess, which is something that you're talking about, Mariella, about making your mess your message, but in terms of getting caught up in your own head, always be clear about what do you want to get out of this? Do you want to argue? Do you want to push? Or do you want to connect and get what you need at the end? Having a partner support you in whatever it is you're trying to get out of the situation or just having someone to help relate to and help build your skill set or create better experiences. And then also, yes, I don't have a playlist that has any one specific num um, song, but I'll say jazz is huge for me. 
hip hop that's from the Tribe Called Quest days is really good for me. And then house and R&B. So I'll share all my playlists to anybody who's on Spotify, SoundCloud, I got them all. <laughs> and I'll put them out to you, Mariella, if you want to share them as a resource. But for me, the biggest resource is walking outside and escaping um, the four walls of my mind or the four walls of my house. And that's either through music or walking outside with my dog or going to a beach. Um, but yeah, I hope this has been helpful, ladies. This has been such a joy. And with the young lady that asked about um, inequality, I understand now. I think the biggest point I'll say about that as well, if you're still on the call, is that getting advocates as a part of your mm -hmm. push for bridging that gap is huge. Like one thing, if you're in it and you're experiencing it and someone sees that you're caught up in your space of feeling you know, treated unfairly, however it is, whatever it is, the scenario, whether it be pay or just in terms of overall experience in the corporate workplace, make sure you have an advocate as well. That helps a lot. That could be your mentor, it could be your peer. Getting them to document with you what they see as well as what you see helps you basically have the ammunition to talk through very clearly um, and strongly what you're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. We've got folks singing your praises here for both of you all in the chat box. Uh, and I did get a private message from the person that submitted that question saying that they have a meeting tomorrow and we'll put that advice to you. So thank you. And again, everyone feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. Um, I, you know, I'm a big supporter of building your network and, you know, advocating for each other and, you know, finding mentorships and, and supporting each other. So again, Liang, Cindy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules today. Thank you everyone who's joined us. I know we went a little over, but I didn't want to stop it because this is this is great. Um, you all will get a rewatch email and we'll include this, this list of resources as well as anything else that the guest speakers want to include. So be mindful of that um, and enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. We'll see you on the next chat. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.